Momentum Men is brought to you by Reup, the creators of resources to disciple men like Jesus did, educating, encouraging, and empowering men to grow in Christ and disciple others, featuring a platform filled with men's Bible studies for individuals or groups. Men, living by his life. Learn more at reuppodcast.com. Reup, proud sponsor of Momentum Australia. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. I remember sitting in my cruiser that I had. I had a, my sports car up in the car park in, in Sydney, and I had a lovely home and all the stuff that I had. And I was smoking a cigar, and I had a lovely glass of red wine. And I sat on the back of my boat this Friday afternoon, and I said, is this all there is? There must be more. I've got everything that I want, but I've got nothing. What you just described, um, Des, is the conversations I was having with all these men. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Des. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. Once again, it is, of course, Tim and Des with you. And uh, hey, thanks so much for tuning in and spending some time with us wherever you are around Australia. And uh, look, if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you might be around the world, it's great that you found us at Momentum Australia. And uh, of course, our website, MomentumAustralia.org. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about who we are and what we do, uh, you can uh, check out the website, MomentumAustralia.org. Of course, this is never really a solo gig. I've always got my co-host and partner, and good friend, Des Kennedy, with me. How are you this week, my friend? Yeah, good. It's, it's, uh, it's good. Looking forward to this show. And just while I've got the, I've got the mic, uh, guys, don't forget, if you're doing life on your own and you need a safe and a confidential conversation, or even if you're with family, but you want to have a conversation that you don't want your family to be part of, reach out to our care line, Momentum Care Line, 1-800-000-MEN. That's 1-800-000-636. It operates from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. <laughs> seven days a week um, to 11 p.m. five days a week. And also don't forget our new YouTube channel. So if you're, you want to see us as well as hear us, go on to our YouTube channel, which is um, YouTube, search for at momentum underscore four, F-O-R, underscore men. And you'll see we've got about nine or so videos up there already. Lots of good feedback. Uh, and, and give us your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe, to like, and to share. That way, the, the channel will continue to grow, which is just amazing. Look, uh, absolutely, Des. And the idea behind Momentum is simply for, for you guys listening to to get connected, do, do life not in isolation, but together. And, and also, there's a bunch of resources on our website, which will just help you on your journey. And, you know, that's that's what we're here for is to, to help men just improve in every area of your life. We realize we're all on a journey and at different points in that. But uh, check out the website, MementoAustralia.org or the podcast, and you can have listened to some previous shows, and hopefully that will help you out. Today, we've got a, a very special guest. And uh, after years of hearing men in his business complain and grumble about their lives, realizing they had nowhere to turn for help, uh, our guest this week poured his heart out in prayer and felt led to start up a ministry designed especially to help men. You know, this ministry now reaches thousands of men in the U.S., equipping them in key areas of their lives, always being part of a small group or, as they called, a fire team, to create a safe place, a place of accountability, and a place to be encouraged as you journey through life. His passion is leading men into biblical manhood, and he is convinced that the most critical need of the church today is men, bold men, men willing to lead their homes and serve the church. So we have joining us from a place called Bowling Green, Kentucky. I love saying that. It's amazing in the US. <laughs> is the founder and leader of Real Men's Ministry, Tim Brown. Welcome to Momentum. 
Man, thank you. I am so excited about this. I've looked forward to it for some time. You guys and I, we've been hanging out behind the scenes for a few months and yeah. uh, I've gotten gotten to know you guys and um, it's just been a, been a neat journey and I'm really looking forward. If people across the country and Australia can put up with my West Kentucky twang <laughs> uh, compared to you Australians uh, and y'all talk so cool. Um, so I, uh, I'm hoping they can put up with me tonight. Well, don't forget you're talking to an Irishman and an Englishman. <laughs> I was just about to <laughs> there's say. no others on the call. Right. We're officially so, Australian, but there's, a, there's an, an English and an Irish and an American accent in the conversation. Go figure. Um, <laughs> just quick, just quickly, Tim, like, uh, for people who've never been to Bowling Green, is it one big patch of green in the middle of the, in the country? <laughs> you have uh, a, no. What's it like? Kentucky is known as the bluegrass state. Um, but and that mainly comes because of the of the horse business, uh, you know, in Kentucky, uh, horse racing, the Kentucky Derby, Keeneland, which is in, located in Lexington, Kentucky, racetrack. You know, those are those are big deals here, and so we're known as the Bluegrass State. Um, and so it's um, it, it you know we it's been our home for most of our lives, my wife and I, and. Uh, we we love it here. We raise our boys here in Kentucky, and yeah, it's just just a neat neat place. I would encourage mm. any folks if you're ever over in the states and looking for a neat place to hang out and beautiful place to come to Kentucky. And um, Bowling Green is a, a smaller community, uh, about one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, and if you're familiar with the Corvette car, yeah. Um, Bowling Green is the only place in the in the world that it's made. It's actually mm-hmm. made here ah. by General Motors uh, Company and co- uh, Corporation, and so um, that this is where it's made. This is the only place they're made. So, if you've ever gotten one or you own one, no matter where you live in the world, it was made here. Well, there you go. That's cool. Very good. Claim to fame is not bad at all. So Tim, let's um, let's launch in and and I suppose give give our listen because as you said we've we've connected behind the scenes so we, we've got a bit of familiarity happening. But for people who are hearing you for the first time, um, I kind of said in the intro you were running a business and and you were hearing these men in your business kind of complain and grumble about certain things in the life, but not really having anywhere to go or any place to to go and kind of work through that. So tell us then a bit a bit about that journey for you when you're in that space how that started bothering you and, and the journey from there to then where you are now, which is launched re-up and, and this is how we've connected. I, I say this all the time. First off, I'm the most unlikely guy that the Lord would use for anything. Um, and so in the midst of my, uh, my career, my vocation, some 20 something years ago is kind of when all this started to happen. I've been in the men's, I was in the men's clothing, custom clothing business for almost 30 years. Um, and that what that really looked like was I would go to guy, go call on guys in their office um, or their home where they didn't have to go shop. Uh, most men didn't like to shop. They didn't have time to shop. So I would go to them and sell them custom-made suits, sport coats, trousers, shirts, whatever. Uh, their, 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 their business attire, their professional attire. And in, in the midst of that, you know, I would build relationships with these guys. I would get to get to know them. We would be behind closed doors and talk and so forth. And, um, 
and in the, and a lot of these men were uh, Tim, I guess you would be described as kind of the movers and shakers of their local communities. They were, they were the men that had the influence. They had platforms. A lot of them were professional men. A lot of them owned their own companies. Uh, they were men that young men looked up to and wanted to be like, you know, on the surface. And, uh, but what was interesting was as I started to develop these relationships with these men, you know, I'd, I'd maybe have an hour set for my appointment with them and they would be gracious enough to give me that time. And, but we'd only spend about 10 or 15 minutes on clothing. And the rest of the time we were in these conversations and it's, I started to really see a common thread in these conversations because these men who other men wanted to be like were some of the most unfulfilled, um, unhappy, um, really kind of miserable men that I'd ever been around. They would share uh, just a lot of personal stuff with me. I don't know why. Apparently I, I had a sign on my forehead that said, <laughs> tell me all your problems. <laughs> and they did. Um, yeah. I don't know. They, it, it, you know, I've had people tell me, well, you just, you just create this setting where people feel like they can trust you. I, mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so they would tell me all this stuff, you know, like, well, my, you know, my, my marriage is awful. My wife and I don't have any kind of a relationship. Uh, we just exist around each other. You know, my kids don't like me. I don't have any friends. Um, uh, my employees don't like me. Um, you know, I, but I've got all the stuff, you know, I've yeah. got all the toys, got all the material things. I live in the right neighborhood, but they were miserable. Yeah. You know, so I just kept hearing that yeah. more, more and more. It just so happened that early on that, that was when a, a man was pouring into my life uh pretty heavily he was i'd call it discipling me and his the main thing he was really teaching me was my identity in christ hmm. because what what had happened to me was i had i had gotten my identity as a man from the world yeah and he was helping me understand that my real identity comes from Christ. So as I was learning that and I was listening to these men, I'm like, ha, ah, well, they've got the same problem I did. Mm. And what it was, was they didn't know who they were and they believed. And this is a statement that when I learned it from a scriptural basis, it totally changed my life. Uh, when the Lord revealed it through me, through his word. But what most of these men believed was that what they did the things they could accumulate and the people that they knew was who they were. Yeah. The enemy had gotten them to really buy into that as their identity. Yeah. And unfortunately, when a man believes those things and any of those things are kind of out of whack, he's maybe not been able to keep up with the Joneses as we say in America mm-hmm. and accumulate the things that he, he, he thinks he should be or he's not living in the right neighborhood and he's not, or he's not running around with the right people, or he's had some failures in his business or his life, or maybe his marriage, he's divorced or whatever. If a man believes all those things that are really who he is, then he doesn't fully, um, 
embrace the role of a man that he's supposed to in his home, his marriage, whatever that may look like. So the statement that, that as we fast forward to today, that, that continues to resonate. I, I did a teaching this morning with some guys and, and it was the, the main point that, that impacted the guys when we went around and did some, some, uh, comments after the teaching, mm-hmm. uh, it was a statement that what I do is not who I am, but who I am has a huge impact on what I do if I really know who I am. And so in the midst of all that, the Lord really just showed me that the number one assignment for Tim Brown was to go about trying to help men deal with what I think is the number one problem with men today is that men don't know their identity. Yeah, just repeat that that saying again, because mm. I think that's really important that men that are listening to this, you'll get that. On the surface, you hear it, but then when you really go on a journey of, of getting in God's word and letting him really teach you this. Yeah. And that statement is what you do is not who you are, mm. but who you are has a huge impact on what you do. If you really know who you are. Fantastic. And love that. Yeah, that's good. So our, what we've tried to do the last 15 years is go about attacking what I think is the number one problem out there with men today is, is their identity. Um, matter of fact, our signature study that we have men do one of our resources is called identity. And then, then there's a question after, don't you know who you are? Yeah. And I, I kind of got that visual given to me one time of, of the Lord standing up there with his arms kind of open, looking down at men, Jesus following men, especially going, Hey, don't you know who you are? Yeah. You, you, you're, you're my beloved. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're justified. You're holy. You're, you're no longer condemned. I mean, all these, you're a saint, all these things that yeah. we became when Jesus died for us. And he's like, don't you know that? And for that reason, if you know that, then how, how, how your life plays out looks totally different. And you be and you become the man you're supposed to be. Tim, let me ask you then: Why do you think that men struggle with that? Why do you think that that is our biggest struggle to believe that about ourselves? As in, align ourselves, particularly for Christian, to align ourselves with what God says about us and our, and who we are in Christ. What, what do you think are the biggest blockages or challenges with men that that we struggle with that? Before we knew Jesus. I, our, our problem was our identity. Um, you know, what, what happened in the garden and where we got our identity, because every person that's ever been born was in Adam's gene pool when he sinned. And for that reason, we were, our, our identity was, we were separated from God. We were a child of wrath, Ephesians 2, 3. We were, uh, we had an Adamic nature. The most natural thing for us to do was to sin. I mean, all those, you know, because it's interesting. I ask a lot of men, before you met Jesus, what was your problem? Sin or who you were? Mm. Well, 90% of the men will say it was sin. Mm. No, it wasn't sin. It was who you were that was causing you to sin. Mm. Back there, all the way back there, your identity was the problem. So at the core, everything about us comes from our identity, either before we knew Jesus, 
or after we knew Jesus, you know, the identity deal. So I think, I think at our core as men, it's naturally in us to be thought of a certain way. Uh, I think that just, it's just in our flesh. And I mean, even, even as a Jesus follower, I find myself at times trying to get my, my value validated by something in my life going on, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe going to speak somewhere. I try to validate that that's who I am. You know, that's, that, that's my value. So even as a Jesus follower, I still struggle with that. Yeah. We all do. Mm. Yeah. So I, I just think it's a, it's a natural, natural part of our lives to struggle with that. And then the fact that the enemy has not had an original ideal since the garden, uh, because the one he did there when he got Adam and Eve to doubt who they were, um, which caused them to sin. He's pretty much been doing that ever since then because it works. And I think as we've gotten further and further away from the fall and we become a more broken and broken and broken world, um, it's just that natural part of us in the flesh that we struggle with of we've got to get our value from something. Yeah, something solid. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it's a drug. Maybe it's a, you know, some kind of addiction. I, I don't know. But we just, in, at our core, we just have to, we have to ha- get validated somehow uh, who we are. It's mm. just at our core. Mm. And so I, I don't think that'll ever go away um, as long as we live in a broken world. And until we stand before Jesus someday, and that's when it'll all get fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What we're, we're going to do is we're going to take a short break. We're, we're chatting with Tim Brown from Reup um, Men's Ministry in America. Uh, you can hear the accent, of course. Uh, reupmen.com. That's R-E-U-P-M-E-N.com is their website. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on there that you will want to check out. And we're going to come back and talk about some of that in the second part of the show. But it is Momentum. Our special guest is, t- special guest is Tim Brown from Reup. Um, have a look around their website, reupmen.com. And of course, our website, MomentumAustralia.org. We take a short break. And we're going to come back with Tim in just a moment. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Okay, welcome back to this week's show, Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Des with you, our website, MomentumAustralia.org. And our special guest this week is Tim Brown from the Reup Men's Ministry in America. Uh, their website is reupmen.com. That's R-E-U-P-M-E-N.com. There is a link on our website too at MomentumAustralia.org. We've made it easy for you because we are connecting with these guys heavily. There's such a commonality in our desires to want to help you guys as men. And uh, one of the things that Tim was talking about in the first part of the show was regarding identity. And and really, Tim, as we were talking about, I mean, for us as as men and, and men who have a faith, um, I, I mean, that's a, that's a core of who we are. We're getting really foundational here. And and let's be honest, if that core is not good, if our foundation of our identity of who we are is skewed or we're not walking it out fully, then, you know, it does inf- impact and affect every area of our lives right and you're seeing this with the guys yeah i i describe it this way um is without the identity piece it's kind of like you being in quicksand your head's above the the surface and you're doing all this stuff underneath the surface moving activity but you're not going to go anywhere 
and they're going to stay right there. And so we think the identity piece is such a foundational cornerstone for everything. Um, that's where it all starts. And, 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 and I mean, scripturally, we just see that over and over and over. I mean, what was the first thing Satan did when Jesus was at his weakest point in the wilderness? He said, if you are the son of God, he tried to get mm-hmm. even Jesus mm-hmm. to question his own identity. And that's why when we read the Luke account in Luke 3, when Jesus walks onto the pages of history as an adult at the Jordan River, and he goes down and is baptized and comes out of the water, and the Lord, the, the sky opens up, and the Lord speaks where everybody can hear it, and he says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the very next thing in chronological order, because Luke wrote in chronological order, the very next thing was Jesus is tempted with that the things yes. the enemies always tried to do is, if mm. you are the son of God. So mm. God shows us right there that the identity piece is the foundational core thing because he knows that is the enemy's number one ploy always has been always will be to get us to doubt our identity. So would you say Tim that, um, I mean, so many men in the unchurched world, but also in the church world who, who see other things as a priority. So it could be their family. It could be, uh, their job, their career, you know, like you said, their home, their boat, their car, whatever it is they have, that's where they yep. build their identity, right? And that's why men are so unable to serve the Lord the way they should, because their total focus is on the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's a saying in a book that I love that I, I bought another dozen copies of it today because I hand it out to lots of young men as much as I can. Uh, the name of the book is called The True Measure of a Man. It's a real simple book to read. But in there, and I'm not sure if this is the author's original quote. He may have gotten it from somebody else, but I love what he says. He says, men should not fear failure. Mm. What they should fear is spending most of their time trying to be successful at things that don't matter. Yeah, yeah well. Yeah, and that's the truth. <laughs> wow. That's what's happened to men is we spend most of our time on things that don't matter because we believe what we do, what we have, and who we know is who we are. And for that reason, when we're spending all of our time trying to be successful at things that don't matter because we believe that's where we get our identity, then that leads to another statement that we use at Reup a lot is because of those two lies and those two activities in our lives, then we don't give God time enough so he can teach us enough so we can learn enough to trust him enough to let him live his life through us. Yes, Chris. That's why why it says the average Christian man spends less than 10 minutes a day in the word and in prayer. And I think that's an inflated number. I don't think we do that. Mm. And so how in the world could you learn your identity if you're not spending time with he that gave you your identity? Mm. And so our number one, one of our number one goals is to is to is to help men give God time enough so that he can teach them enough so they'll learn enough to trust him enough to let him live his life through them and understand their identity. Then they learn their identity. Yeah. And then they understand that what they do is not who they are, but who they are has a huge impact on what they do if they really know who they are. Yeah. 
You got some great sayings, man. We, I'm going to go. I'm going to re-listen to this and write these down. These <laughs> yeah, are good. Yeah, that's right. I remember, and Tim knows. Tim Charles knows this story. I remember sitting in my cruiser that I had. I had a, my sports car up in the car park in it's in Sydney, and I had a lovely home and all the stuff that I had, and I was smoking a cigar and I had a lovely glass of red wine, and I mm. sat on the back of my boat this Friday afternoon and I said. Is this all there is? Mm-hmm. There must be more. I've got everything that I want, but I've got nothing. Yep. And and I didn't give my life to the Lord at that point, but I guess it was a starting point of me starting to think about identity and you know who I actually was. Yeah. What you just described, um, Des, is the conversations I was having with all these men. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That same yeah. conversation. Yeah. Exactly. So in essence, Des, I mean goes back to what Tim was just saying, right? Which is you, you spent too much time chasing the wrong thing. You didn't know it was the wrong thing at the time. Yeah. So so let's bounce off the back of that. So Tim, your identity course, right? I mean, um, tell us a bit about the course first and foremost, um, some of the subjects that we look at. And and you guys are very big on getting men into small groups. And, and you know, we're super excited about that at Momentum too, man, getting connected, doing life together. So tell us a bit about the course and then the, the fire teams that can come as a result of. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement first. Um, that's not my statement. It's a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Tim Elmore. And he says this, that more intentional time with fewer people has a greater kingdom impact. Wow. And that's the model Jesus used. Mm. You know, he did it with 12. Sometimes it was just with three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And, and those guys turned around and did the same with others and others. And mm. here we are today. And so because of the identity deal that the Lord made so clear to me, I, I needed to learn that myself. Yeah. So I went about trying to answer six questions that I really felt like I needed to get answered to really hook my wagon to this Jesus thing. And, but also to really, uh, understand that if I could get those six questions answered, I might have a really start to have a, a little bit of a, a grasp of who I really am. And, and so, um, so in that journey, as I did that, I wound up writing this study, uh, called identity. Don't you know who you are? And so I went about dealing with six questions in there. Uh, it's an 18 week study. Uh, It's laid out in six-day formats because what we learned was if we could give men an intentional structure that they could get in, read the Word every day, think, doesn't do any good to read the Word if you're not going to think, think, so we give them, tell them what to read, and then we give give them three or four questions to answer. We don't have an answer key in the back of the book. It's what the Lord reveals to them, Mm -hmm. and then they share their thoughts, and they do that for six continuous days. And some guys, it takes them 20 minutes. Some guys, you know, I had a, I got a phone call recently from a guy on a Saturday morning. He said, Tim, I just spent two and a half hours in the Word on week three of this study. Wow. I've never spent two and a half hours cumulatively in the Word. <laughs> and he was so excited <laughs> and what the Lord revealed to him. So we're finding that if we give men that structure and get them in the Word, then the Word does exactly what it says. It becomes living and breathing. And it starts to transform them and change them. Yeah. And they get a hunger and passion for it. Not for knowledge, but they get a hunger and a passion for it to transform them. Mm. And 
So these six questions were, the first one was, I wanted to know what was God, what is God's plan really? And how do I fit into that? I mean, what is his plan really? And then the second question I wanted to know, okay, here's his plan, but apparently there's this enemy out here trying to destroy that plan. So I want to know who is Satan and I want to know as much about him as I can. Now, Jesus is the focus, but what I learned, I'm an old football player, the kind of football we play over here, not with a round ball, but with a <laughs> football. And I played quarterback, and we used to study film of our opponent yeah. so we could learn how they were going to attack us each mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Well, I took that same principle and applied it to Satan and said, okay, that's the guy that, that's trying to disrupt my life. I want to know much about him as I can. Well, what's interesting is the number of men that have been in church their whole life that do this study, and we spend three weeks on Satan, and they come back and they're like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. I never knew any of this stuff about Satan. Now it makes more sense. Now I kind of understand how he comes at me and why he does it and all that. And so then after that, I thought, okay, now i got God's plan. Who is this enemy, this Satan? So now I want to know what happened in that garden. And how did it affect me personally? Not that I didn't care about anybody else, but I want to know what did I, what happened to me? Well, mm-hmm. apparently in that garden, I got something I didn't sign up for. I, I didn't sign up to be separated from God. I didn't right. sign up to have an damning nature, be a child of wrath, but that's what I got. But I really wanted to understand that. And then that led me to the next question, which was, okay, now that I know, what happened in the garden and I got a problem that I didn't sign up for. How do I get this problem fixed? And that's where the cross comes in. And a, we do a real detailed study of the cross there, really understanding what second Corinthians five twenty one says, where it says he who knew no sin became sin mm-hmm. on our behalf Amen. so that we might become righteous. God. I really want to understand what that means when it said he became sin mm-hmm. and what's that really look like and how did that, how did that play out? And then after I learned how my problem got fixed and apparently I became this new creation, this new person, I wanted to know who that, who that guy was because I still looked the same in the mirror, <laughs> but I wanted to know what really happened to me and who did I really become? And is it something I, is it something I got to earn? Is it something I got to wait on until I get to heaven? Or is it something I get now? Is, it, is my identity something I can live in now? Mm-hmm. Oh. So then when I got that question answered, I'm like, but now wait a minute, I'm this new creation. I've got the mind of Christ, all this stuff, but I still have this battle going on because as Paul writes in Romans seven, I still do some of the very things I don't want to do, which is sin. And so what's going on? Did I, did my card really not take or something or am I, am I not saved? <laughs> so I, I really wanted to know about this battle and understand it. And I tell you, the last two questions there of really who I became and and what's going on in this battle. That's when the light bulb really starts to go off Mm. and victory Mm. and the authority starts to really come in. And, and then I, then I learn how to live in that and it's wow. And then I learned it's him doing it through me while I'm best. So Tim, can I, can I just ask then, I mean, those questions are, are fantastic, by the way, and we encourage you to check out the identity course on the REAP website, which you can access through momentumaustralia.org. But 
those questions are fantastic. It's a very personal thing, right? Um, bring in the fire teams for me and tell me about the importance then of having other men alongside you as you're walking that really personal journey out yourself, but having the other guys around you to support and encourage you as you do that. You know, the goal here, period, has to be to grow each individual man's relationship with the Lord. That's what everything's about. Mm. I mean, that, that's the deal. That's what the Lord wants more than anything else, is he wants us to grow our personal relationship with him. That's why he saved us, mm. to be in relationship with him. And so so when the guys do that, yeah, it's personal. But they need a setting then that they come to, and we do it weekly. We Our fire teams meet weekly. The six to eight guys a fire team is a military term for men in a foxhole fighting a battle, taking fire from an enemy who's trying to destroy them, which is what that's a man's life every day. That's that's what he lives in every day. Mm-hmm. So they come together with their fire team once a week. We have an accountability structure that they use to kind of start having accountability in their life. Uh, they develop these unbelievable friendships, but it's so important that they have this context to talk about what the Lord is revealing to them as they're spending their personal time with him. And what's really interesting is, is we've seen that in these fire teams that let's say you and Des are in the same team and whatever question you're dealing with, you share what the Lord showed you. But then all of a sudden Des shares something that the Lord showed him that you didn't see. Mm-hmm. Now, now you got, now you got, you hit a home run. You got what, you got what the Lord showed you. And then you just got what he showed, showed Des as well. And if you didn't have those men to come to every week, that wouldn't happen. That's true. And, That's so true. And so that. even, even in helping, you know, the Lord will use the other men in these groups to help teach you mm. and reveal to you, but you got to be willing to be in that setting and step into it consistently mm-hmm. so that can happen and so yeah the, and then just to be able to talk and say hey you know this is what i think the lord was revealing to me and these guys validate it for you or confirm it you know that's mm-hmm. important too and mm-hmm. um yeah it's just it's just a really cool deal and the average tenure of our fire teams right now is nine years wow. so wow that tells you that guys love it they're flourishing mm-hmm. they're growing because I mean, you know, you know as well as I do, guys don't show up consistently for something unless they're getting something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> most That's of the time, true. guys will quit. Mm. And so what we've learned is, again, if we can just get them in a setting where they're giving God time enough so he can teach them enough, so they'll learn enough to trust him enough, that then we got them. They're, mm. they're, they're there. Yeah. That's what the fire team structure does. We provide all the context. We provide all the resources all the support, the encouragement, um, coaching, if you want to say it that way. I mean, we, 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 we almost kind of overkill it, but we know guys have to have that. So they'll stay focused. Mm. Yeah. Before we leave this conversation, I'm going to give you a couple of websites and encourage you to write it down. The main website for reup men, which is, we've been talking to the founder, Tim Brown, uh, reupmen.com. That's R E U P men. Dot com, reupmen.com. That's a direct website. You can access 
their courses. You can check out a bit more about them. They've got a podcast too. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there that you can access. If you can't remember that or you want to jot our website down as well, it's, there's a link on our website to reupmen.com at momentumaustralia.org. And of course, you can find out more about what we do and hear this conversation again and encourage you to have a listen back with a pen and paper and, and write down some of those sayings and uh, certainly get in touch with uh, Ruth Reupman and have a look at this identity course, which is what we've been talking about today. It is foundational in your life. And I think we as men, we need this. Once we've got that, that's a good starting point for us. And Des and I are so excited about partnering with Men this year to see men around Australia and the world start to really get to grips with their identity. Let me, let me add one more uh, link there too, uh, Tim. It's, uh, it's our actually technology platform that we've created that allows you to do all access all of our resources, all of our studies, how to start a fire team, how to operate a fire team, our podcasts, teaching videos, anything you could possibly want. Um, and you can then, you can order the studies physically, the workbooks, or you can actually do the studies digitally on this mm -hmm. platform and take them anywhere with you anytime. And that, that is uh, reup.impact, I-M-P-A-C-T, dot app app reup dot impact dot app and that's our technology platform it's a game changer we just we had a guy uh, build it for us a couple of years ago and it's the future um, it's how we're going to engage men all over the world and help them mm -hmm. learn their identity okay fantastic and then we're so excited yeah to lock on with you guys and and move forward in this new partnership um, and I can't wait to see what, what the Lord's going to do with that. Amen. Yeah. So just repeating that for you, reup.impact.app. And of course, we'll have links on our website, momentumaustralia.org. Tim Brown from Reup has been our special guest. Man, we feel like we've just gotten started with you, Tim. There's so much sure. in that. But what a great place to start. And we'll leave it there for this week and encourage guys to check out the websites. Thanks so much for your time, mate. And uh, we're excited to see where this goes. God bless. All right. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.